Welcome to the Bring to Light podcast, where we bring hard conversations into the light. We chat about health, faith, truth, and are on a mission to discover what it means to be well holistically. In today's episode, Nathan and I get into the beginning of my health journey, the standard American diet, what the pandemic was like for us, and living in survival mode. We hope you enjoy. So, yeah, why are, why are we doing the podcast? I think... Um, I think we've learned a lot over the last few years in both of our health journeys. Mm-hmm. I think we had a lot of misconceptions about what it meant to be healthy. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of things had kind of built up over time that we didn't really realize mm-hmm. uh, until we got deeper into the space and started uncovering more and more information. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, our goal is to share share that information with other people and shed some light on some of the topics that a lot of people don't talk about or don't get super deep on or just don't research. know about we didn't yeah know about don't these don't things. know about you yeah. know you, you don't know what you don't know mm-hmm. and um i think i think that's our goal is to share some of these topics that are are really hard to figure out about um and oftentimes spoken about yeah, <laughs> yeah. we can we can get into the beginning of this <clears throat> awakening health journey, uh, awakening to all of this information that we're going to talk about on this podcast. And it all kind of started um, around 2018-ish, and then COVID happened in 2020, which I think exacerbated all of the health problems that I was already experiencing. Um, and then 2021 is when they were the most visible. And I finally started to question, is this normal? Um, maybe it's not normal to feel tired all the time, take three naps a day, uh, maybe having a headache every week and taking Tylenol is not normal. That's when I finally, something clicked and made me question, is this how life is supposed to be? And how much longer am I going to live like this? Yeah. Um, so I guess I can start by talking about my very first symptom that started in 2018. Um, but before, I guess we should give some context into our upbringing and our childhood because that matters. Um, so I feel confident in saying that we were both raised on the standard American diet. Mm -hmm. Um, our parents, are great. They were doing their best, um, but they just, I think, didn't know. And so we grew up eating pop tarts for breakfast and toaster strudels, and as many people do. Yeah, today. Uh, yeah. It's today. it's normal. It's the norm. Um, and there was nothing wrong with it. I, everyone else was doing it. I felt great until one day I didn't, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah. you don't really notice when you're a kid. <laughs> yeah, and it tastes great, and you're having a good time. Uh, yeah. until someday, someday you're not. And different people, for different people, that's a different time, right? Some people don't start having symptoms until they're in their fifties or sixties or ever or ever. And, yeah. <laughs> um, some people have symptoms earlier. Um, but I think for, for both of us, it was kind of a slow roll mm-hmm. where things started to get a little bit worse, a little bit worse. And we didn't really notice at first, didn't mm-hmm. notice for a long time, probably. Yeah. Um, until 
we started having some major symptoms. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we both grew up on the standard American diet. Um, I was also on birth control for 12 years. I got on it at age 13. Um, and birth control is no good. <laughs> I know that now, but when I got on it, I had no clue. My doctor didn't tell me that there was anything wrong with it. I didn't even know what it was, what the pill consisted of, or what it was doing to my body. Um, so I took that for 12 years, and that definitely, I know that plays a huge <clears throat> role in this entire story um, of health. So yeah, some context. I was on birth control for a long time, age 13 to 25. Uh, we were eating the standard American diet until I turned or until I turned 25, uh, year 2021. And then, um, yeah, just things started happening, uh, at an early age that looking back, I'm like, whoa, that makes so much sense. I was always really sleepy. Uh, everyone in my family, my sister, my mom, my dad, my best friend in high school, like they were, they would just always joke like, oh, Camilla's such a sleepy girl. And um, I thought it was cute that I had that label. It wasn't. Um, I would nap all the time. I'd fall asleep. Every time I was on the couch, I'd fall asleep at school. Um, I was just... Midday. Yeah. Two two o'clock in the yeah. afternoon. Yeah. I was just... Which, which a lot of people, you know, they talk about the 2.30 feeling. And not normal. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it, it's not... We're not supposed to feel that way. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, is is really common for a lot of people to feel that way. I think you had it particularly bad with how much exhaustion you had. Yeah. Um, and particularly in, in the mid to late afternoon. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I was always sleepy. Um, and then Nathan and I started dating um, again. Uh, that's a story for another time, our, how we met and our relationship story, but we started dating in 2016 and, uh, I visited him in Austin at the time I was living in DFW, our hometown. And, um, we went on one of our first dates to an outdoor museum in Austin and I got a full body rash, which I've never experienced before. I've never had any kind of skin rash. I've always had like perfectly soft skin. Um, and I was probably 19 or 20 mm -hmm. here. Yeah. Um, and got a full body rash. It started on my legs and it was everywhere, like on my hands, uh, on the top of my hands, on my fingers. It was everywhere except my face and the top of my feet. And, um, at that time I was still eating the standard American diet. I didn't know anything about health. I didn't think about what I ate, what I was putting on my body. I just fully trusted in the Western medical care system. Um, and so I did what I had always done, which was go to the doctor, take their advice, take the medication and move on. So I went to multiple doctors and none of them could tell me what was going on. Um, I think I had gone to like five or six doctors and all of them told me to put like a steroid cream on the rash. I did that. It didn't go away. It got worse. Um, my entire body was like, I looked like a marshmallow man. I was inflamed and my legs were like rubbing together. It was really bad. I was very swollen um, until finally one doctor said, okay, it's been two, three weeks of this rash. Let's give you a steroid to make it go away. So they, I took two weeks of steroids and it did go away, but I never found out what happened to me, why that was happening. And I remember one doctor said, um, 
this is your body telling you that something is wrong internally. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that is. You're going to have to go do tons of blood work. And she just made it seem like a really overwhelming long process. And I was in school. It steers time. you away from yeah. trying it, right? They, yeah. They, they say, oh, you're going to have to go do all these things to figure it out. And, yeah. And it's going to cost not, this much money and your insurance isn't going to cover it. Yeah. yeah they, they always yeah. talk down on on trying to figure out what the actual cause is. Yeah. And um, it's so much easier to just take the steroid for two weeks and move on with your life. Yeah. Yeah. They often offer up these Band-Aid solutions rather than uh, trying to help you figure out the actual root cause. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I took the steroid. I was in community college at the time um, and was really busy. I was working a full-time job as a server at Macaroni Grill, um, fully independent financially. So I had to like work and go to school and pay my bills and pay I didn't yeah, pay my rent and I did not have time to go to the doctor and do blood work. I also didn't have the money to do that. So took the steroid, <clears throat> full body rash went away and didn't think about it. <laughs> Years go by mm-hmm. and um, I'm fully moved into, I moved to Austin in 2017 and Nathan and I moved in together, started living together and I started working at a restaurant in Austin called Picnic that I love and um, one of the few restaurants that we can eat at today um, because it's just so, it's really good and clean. Um, so I started working there and one day while I was at work, um, in the morning, I, from one second to the other, felt like I was about to pass out. I've never passed out before, and I didn't pass out this day, but I knew that that was what was going to happen because everything just went black, and I felt really sick and nauseous, and I remember turning around to my coworker and saying, I think I'm going to pass out, <laughs> and she just looks at me and goes, your lips are completely blue, which mm-hmm. did not help me feel any better, mm-hmm. um, and they sat me down and they gave me a bite of a blueberry muffin. Mm-hmm. I didn't eat breakfast that morning. Eating breakfast was not important to me. Um, eating three meals a day wasn't important to me, which is all plays a huge role in this story as well. Um, gave me a muffin. The color came back to my face. They had already called Nathan to come pick yeah. me up. Yeah, I was at work and I got a call and they're like, hey, um, Camilla's not doing too well. Yeah. Um, you should come, come pick her up. <laughs> and so... I left, I left work and I mean, it was probably mid morning. Yeah. It was like 11. Yeah. Yeah. So I left work, uh, to go pick her up and, um, what happened? Did did we leave? Yeah. You picked me up. We left and we went to care now because I was like, I need a doctor. I need medication. I need help. Like I was just so full of anxiety and I didn't know what was going on. And I really trusted the medical care system to tell me what was wrong. So we went to care now. They did an EKG on my heart. They said everything looks normal. They did a urine sample and they said I had ketones in my urine. Um, and they said everything looks good. What does probably... that mean? So, so for, for our listeners, um, I don't know. Talk, talk, can you talk a little bit about ketones? And, and Yeah, I don't know much about it. Um, what I do know about ketones is that I, th- I think ketones in your urine could mean a number of things, um, but usually they're present when you're fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yeah, it's usually a sign that your body has gone into a fat-burning state. So, ketosis, yeah. Yeah, ketosis um, yeah. just means your body is burning fat rather yeah. than using energy I think from it can, food. It could also be a sign of diabetes, though, um, which... I feel like that is more likely what was going on at the time or insulin resistance, high 
hyperglycemia mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> because I hadn't eaten anything all day. And then they give me this blueberry muffin, which is all sugar, all carb. And so my glucose probably went way up, which is why I felt alive from like one second to the other. It brought me out of that. I'm about to faint episode. Um, so the glucose was helpful there because I, I had no energy um, because I was skipping breakfast and I was standing all morning while I was at work. So the muffin was needed, but that is not good. It's not um, sustainable energy throughout the day. So ideally you eat some protein and some fat and then the carb to sustain you long term. But yeah, they, they just had a muffin. That was the like closest thing that they could give me. And yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll get into this in another episode, really about sustainable energy, sustainable food, um, and how, how you can have high energy levels throughout the day rather than feeling these crashes. So these um, ups and downs, which is what I had been experiencing. Yeah, these blood sugar roller coasters, which can be responsible for, for many forms of disease. So, mm-hmm. um, I think we'll probably do a whole, whole episode on that. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to briefly talk about it and, and your experience with that here. Mm-hmm. So Kierna wasn't helpful at all. Um, They said, go see an endocrinologist if you're really worried. And so I did at some point. (laughs) Uh, I think I went back home and then I went back to work and just continued living the same life again. Um, So years later, I went to go see, maybe not years later, maybe a couple months later. Hmm. I went to go see an endocrinologist because I had continued to feel weak um, randomly throughout the day. I noticed it would happen a lot in the morning. If I would take a shower, uh, I would wake up, take a hot, I take really hot showers, um, and I would frequently feel like I'm going to pass out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would have to get out of the shower, and I would just sit there on the floor, like, shaking and feeling really bad, and I never knew what to do. Um, sometimes I would drink orange juice. Or my my mind would always go to sugar because that always made me feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we said in, a, in another episode, we'll talk about why that's not the solution. So I went to go see an endocrinologist. They uh, gave me a little finger pricker to check my blood sugar. They tested me for diabetes. They said I wasn't diabetic. And that was it. And I told the doctor my experience and I told her that sugar made me feel better. And so her advice to me was, I'm thankful she didn't try to prescribe me anything. I don't think she could because I didn't have a diagnosis. I didn't have Mm -hmm. diabetes, but I definitely had insulin resistance and blood sugar roller coasters, which was causing these symptoms of feeling really fatigued and tired and like I was going to pass out. Like you said, though, no diagnosis. And I I think that's key for a lot of people is I think the vast majority of people do have insulin resistance and it goes undiagnosed for a really long time. Yeah. Or we have a lot of other things that are not great, like leaky gut or hyperglycemia, hypoglycemia, and they're not diseases, but they're signals that our bodies aren't working properly or we're not nourishing them properly or treating mm-hmm. them the way that we should be. So yeah. um, that's where holistic doctors and nutritionists and functional medicine doctors can come in because they teach us here, here is what I'm seeing. They're, it's not a diagnosis, but this is what your body's going through. Um, and figuring these things out will prevent disease in the future. Mm-hmm. Um So she thankfully didn't try to push any kind of pharma on me, um, but she did tell me to eat more bread. Mm. (laughs) She was like, I think your body really likes carbs. Um, Just 
snack on bread, eat more bread, um, because that w- that's what makes you feel good. That's what makes you feel energetic. So I was like, okay, more bread. I like bread. I'm going to eat more bread. Of um, course. Yeah. Doesn't love bread. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I ate a lot of bread and probably not high quality bread. It was probably white or wheat bread or just the normal stuff that you get on the shelves at the store that have whole bunch of ingredients that we shouldn't be putting in our bodies. You know, they're not glyphosate free. Um, they were probably wrecking my gut along with my blood sugar. Um, so I did that for a long time and that made my symptoms get worse. So this was in 2018, fast forward to COVID time 2020. Um, and my symptoms got really worse and turned into, full-blown panic attacks, um, anxiety problems um, that I just blamed on the pandemic. Mm. And I I do think that had a big... Being indoors, yeah. Yeah, being indoors, being really full of fear. um, Yeah, that was a really scary time. So we can can also talk about that because I don't know that we've discussed with each other, um, what COVID was like for us as individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I know had to have an effect on my mental health and my physical health, um, because they're intertwined. <laughs> they are, t- they're one. Um, so yeah, at the beginning of COVID, we didn't know any of the stuff that we're sharing here. Um, and we fully still be- believed what we were told through the media what the government advised, um, the food pyramid, the food what you're taught pyra- in school yeah. about, about nutrition, yeah. Yeah. um, what many doctors know about nutrition. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we still, still fully believe that. I mean, this was only two and a half, three years ago, mm-hmm. uh, when we started to discover some of the solutions to yeah. what we were feeling. I had never even heard of a pandemic before. I didn't know what that meant. I, I remember Ebola and swine flu happening when we were in elementary school, but I didn't know what that meant. I just knew that that meant that we didn't have to go to school for a couple of days and that was it. But I didn't know the whole political side of it. Um, and I didn't really feel any fear of getting those things because they just seemed like something happening super far away. Uh, why would I get that? It's, you know, in another country. It just didn't seem that scary. And with COVID, um, it did feel really in my life, very present. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. For, for many people, I I think the previous um, pandemics, virus outbreaks very far from home. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure that's not the case for everybody, but um, Mm -hmm. certainly for us, it, it didn't hit close to home. And with COVID it's different. I mean, your friends and your family are getting COVID and it's really everywhere. Well, that hadn't even happened at the beginning. Like yeah. March 2020, no one had COVID yet. Um, I remember seeing viral clips on Instagram and Facebook that now I know are not related to COVID at all. <laughs> but there were videos of other people in different countries. I think this one video that I saw was a man in Japan and he was walking around the streets and he looked totally fine. And then from one second to the other, he was like on the floor convulsing and like freaking out. And people were saying that that was a symptom of COVID-19. Like mm, yeah, these, 
Yeah, a lot of. And so I see that happening and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's this crazy, weird, it's not just like a cold or a flu, it's weird symptoms. Um, and so it started that way, which I think that was misinformation about COVID. But that started the fear for me of like, oh my gosh, that's really scary. I hope that it isn't coming to the US. And then it just quickly escalated into, oh, it is here. And now it's in Texas. And now it's in Dallas. And it's getting closer to Austin. And then, you know, um, and how we need to quarantine and be careful. And Nathan's, I think you were already working remotely, maybe, or that week they told you. Yeah, once, uh, I think I think it was middle of March. Um, yeah. The whole company went remote. I mean, at the same time, I though. I think it was Grush- beginning of March, because March 18th, I remember the exact date, was when I was told I could work from home. Yeah, I think it was like March 16th was yeah. the first day that everything went fully remote. I mean, a lot of other stuff was, crazy stuff was going on at the same time. Like, the grocery store shelves were empty. There was no gas anywhere. It, it was it was pretty quickly because people were starting to hunker down. They got the news like, oh, all companies are going mm-hmm. remote. No one's going to be leaving their houses. And we kind of mm-hmm. knew that this quarantine was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there were runs on the grocery stores and a lot yeah. of products went, uh, went out of stock. I mean, shelves yeah. were just completely empty. So there really was a lot of fear there. Yeah, uh, I definitely felt it. I remember I was working at Facebook at the time and... I wrote my manager an email the night before not going to work anymore. And I was like, hey, I think it's really bad that <laughs> we're still going into work. Like everyone else is working from home. Can I please stay home? And I was a contractor for WhatsApp. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, that's true. Maybe Facebook full time. The rules were, were but... different. They didn't apply to me as a contractor. Yeah. Um, Everyone else, though. I mean, like every other company. I mean, people were told to stay home from other jobs. My team wasn't talking about it at all. They Mm -hmm. never talked to us about what was going on. And so it just seemed really ignorant and, yeah, just not good for them to not address it or address Mm -hmm. our feelings. So I remember sending my manager an email and saying, hey, this is really real. This is really scary. I'm not going into work tomorrow. And... Um, I think that day is when they said, yeah, everyone needs to go home. And then that made it even more real for me because I was like, okay, I'm not just over-exaggerating. Looking back, I think everyone was over-exaggerating and we went about it the completely wrong way. But (laughs) another time, um, so we stayed home and we quarantined for two weeks, which so funny thinking that we all thought that was going to obliterate the pandemic mm-hmm. <laughs> just staying home for two weeks Two weeks turned into two months turned yeah. into more than a yeah. year yeah um but yeah what, what we what was... we fully we fully complied yeah and yeah. i i wish mm-hmm. we hadn't because mm-hmm. it did so much harm yeah we really didn't do anything for a full year yeah really. i mean we were yeah. mostly indoors we do like yeah. curbside grocery pickup yeah I, w- I was truly afraid and i remember going onto my instagram and posting like please don't go outside like stay home i was advising people what the government was advising us to do and looking back i feel so silly and i wish i hadn't spread that fear um yeah because now we know that that really didn't do anything for us all it did was make everyone more lonely and depressed and anxious and Mm. fear is not the answer um yeah i think we were starting to catch on around that point that yeah um there's a there was a lot being spread around that really was focused in fear um and that was causing harm in other ways like the man you know going into full seizure that all the videos that were viral that were just 
really absurd. Yeah. And not related to COVID. Yeah, yeah. We were just speculating that it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, moral of that story, um, that probably made my anxiety a lot worse, being inside, never getting any sunlight, continuing to eat the diet that we had been eating our entire lives, not I think, seeing... I think even more so, we're getting more fast food because we're doing drive-thrus. Yeah. We're... Um, ordering pizza. Ordering pizza, yeah. Getting some, like, fr- stocking up on frozen food yeah. because that's what's available when yeah. the, the grocery store shelves were empty. Yeah. So it was available for a while. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, th- I think we we kind of leaned into that a little bit more, but then you mix in that we're not going outside hardly ever. We're yeah. staying indoors, being really sedentary. We were doing our immune system a huge disservice. Yeah. By we watching more content, watching a whole lot more Netflix, and I was playing a lot more video games. We were just not really going outside, not really getting much exercise. I think you started to push for us to to go do like we started doing evening walks. At- yeah, there. Uh, uh, it, it was like a viral thing on Instagram. It was like my silly little mental health walks. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how we can look back and laugh about that. But those things are so necessary at the mm-hmm. time when you're stuck inside, you work all day. And then what do you do after work? Because everything's closed. There's you're, nothing fun to you're do. You're stuck you inside, glued to technology. Yeah. You're not giving your body any kind of break from the technology load. Mm-hmm. You're staring at blue light all day, all night, watching TV late at night. We also were not prioritizing sleep mm-hmm. until we started looking into all of this stuff, which happened years after the pandemic, a yeah, year or yeah. two. Yeah. This has been uh, about a two and a half or three year journey for us. Um, so I think we both started um, yeah. to, we started to change some of our behaviors mm-hmm. and probably April of 2021, mm-hmm. I think is when we first started exercising, which I was incredibly uh, reluctant to do. I didn't, I felt really uncomfortable um, in a gym. I felt really uncomfortable mm-hmm. doing hard physical exercise mm-hmm. and was really, really reluctant to do that. Um, for me, yeah, yeah. The standard American diet, even up until the point, and even while we were starting at the gym, Mm -hmm. uh, eating a lot of fast food, um, working a desk job. I think that was a big one for me is, which I still work a desk job. Uh, so Mm -hmm. there is hope. There are answers there, uh, that, (laughs) that I think a lot of people can benefit from. Uh, but I, I think a lot of the issue was working a desk job, being glued to technology after work, um, and then eating the standard American diet, not prioritizing sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, and then certainly, um, like we mentioned with the not, be, not being able to see friends as often because of so many yeah. COVID scares and things being closed, I think it was really bad for, for my mental health, my, um, my social life. I feel yeah. like it, that kind of disappeared. Um, yeah. The, at Thanksgiving, Christmas was canceled. Like yeah, yeah. every, everything that brings you a tiny bit of joy is just yeah. pooped on. <laughs> and and kind of, you know, we were joking about going on this silly little, walk for our mental health. I mean, there, there were even jokes about that of the first time you're able to meet with people again, how socially awkward we are because mm-hmm. we're, we're no longer used to conversing yeah. uh, with people or seeing people face to face, you know, all the, yeah. all the interactions were over zoom calls for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think, I think all those things really played into, uh, um, 
into my health journey as well. It was really a slow burn for me. I, after graduating from college, getting a desk job, COVID hits, um, all of that together, I gained a lot of weight, um, and just was not very healthy at all. And, um, it's one of those things that once it stacks on, you're even less inclined to want to work out and do, Mm -hmm. do hard activities, do physical exercise. So, Mm -hmm. uh, it was really tough for me to make that shift. Um, and I think trying, maybe trying to shift some of the other things first probably would have helped there in that journey. Like, um, starting to incorporate that probably would have given me more energy and more motivation to go, go to the gym. Um, and prioritizing sleep. I think that's a huge one. I think that's one that we don't, we do ourselves a disservice, all of yeah. us, by watching TV really late at night, it's prioritizing on, the wrong things. on the things that are foundational to all humans, sleep, eating, mm-hmm. relationships, community. It's like very basic things like drinking water, feeding your body, nourishing food, mm-hmm. sleeping well, loving other people, working on your own heart and the way that you interact with other people, the beliefs that you have about yourself, about the world. Um, there's a lot there, but yeah, yeah, you're totally right. I think (laughs) these are foundational to human nature and it's something that has slowly eroded over Mm -hmm. time. Um, I think other, some other countries do most of this really well. It's Mm -hmm. ingrained in their society and their culture. And we'll probably have a whole episode on some of those countries and what they're doing Mm -hmm. correctly. Yeah. Um, but it's certainly not the case here in America and it's gotten, I feel like it's gotten significantly worse. That's a really good segue into survival mode. So, um, I now realize that I was stuck in survival mode and I think a lot of people are still stuck in survival mode. No judgment to people that are stuck in that. Um, it's, it's it's, really hard to get out of. It's almost impossible to even realize that you're in it. I, I wouldn't, I didn't know that I was in it until I got out of it. And now looking back, I can say, Oh wow, I was not really living my life. Mm -hmm. I was, and personally I get pulled back in all the time. Yeah. I think it's, it's a practice. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, there's no perfect answer there. And yeah, you have to be really mindful of what you're doing, what your intentions are in every conversation that you have and everything that you do. In yeah. It's goals. about where you focus your energy. Yeah. And, um, do you focus your energy on the things that make you angry yeah. or do you, you focus your yeah. energy on the, the things that bring you happiness and joy and peace? And yeah. I think, I think there is a healthy balance of those things because, I certainly think being angry about things that can be channeled in a healthy way. Um, but I don't think when it's coming from a, a place of fear or a place of, um, you have to do this thing being told what to do. I don't think that that's where we breed creativity, passion, love for other people. I think that's where we hold a lot of resentment towards other people, um, Mm -hmm. when it's fear-based. So, just quickly describe what I define survival mode as. Yeah. yeah. Um, for me, being in survival mode was going to high school, graduating high school, 
focusing on the next thing um, that our culture tells us I need in order to be valuable, which is mm. go to college. I went to community college and then it's like you need to get a job and then you need to get your own home. I, I got my first apartment and was working full time and going to school part time. Um, and then we started dating and it's just like goal after goal after goal hustle. And there's nothing wrong with having goals. We have goals and we set them for ourselves every year, every day, every week. Um, and they're always changing, but they're ours now. It's not something that someone's telling me is good for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I no longer, it, it takes a lot of practice and time to drown out what our culture is telling you. It's, it's a practice, but yeah, I think our, our culture just tells you to hustle, 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 do, do, do. And as a woman, that really does not resonate with me. I don't feel that that's what God is calling me to do. Um, I think men are built very differently. You have completely different hormones and um, motivation. So maybe it feels good for a man to go, go, go um, and achieve as the leader of your family. Um but for me, it just really didn't resonate. And all it did was put me in this constant state of fight or flight that I could never get out of. Mm. Even when I wasn't working, I was stressed out about, you know, I was working as a server for a long time. I was, am I going to be a server for the rest of my life? I need to think about the next career. Like I need to go back to school to learn about something new. I need to make money. I need to achieve, achieve, achieve. It was just drilled into our brains from such a young age. I they teach us in first or second grade to start thinking about that by asking the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm -hmm. Like, can't we just be children? Can't we just be adults? Can't we just exist? Yeah, Why do we have to, to play? Yeah. Yeah. Which, and now as adults, we're, we're struggling yeah. to, how do I get back to feeling comfortable in frolicking in a field or mm -hmm. dancing or just being silly or, you know, and thankfully that comes easy to some people mm -hmm. that had good childhoods where they, um, advocated for that, where they told more time to play. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for longer, longer time. I think, yeah. Go um, outside. Don't be afraid of the sun. So many things. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. want to derail again. Yeah. But, um, yeah, survival yeah. mode is the opposite of that. You're just constantly worried about the next thing, and um, you're not really focused on your body, your body's needs. Not at all. That's you're like, focused on things that are external. I, I think yeah. that's when you, you know, we. I feel like a lot of us have taken on a lot of anxiety. That's particularly, not even ours. Particularly through the COVID experience, I think yeah. a lot of people built up a lot of anxiety there, um, and I think that's really really rooted in survival mode. I think survival yeah. mode is just this constant low, medium, sometimes intense yeah. um, hum of anxiety. And yeah. and getting out of that is how I think we really start to heal, um, mm -hmm. both from an emotional standpoint, but as well as yeah. our bodies. We focus on some intentional things we can do to reset, um, relax, alleviate stre stress in healthy ways. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, I think, I think that's really the key and part of the, part of the, one of the main focuses of, of our podcast is, um, how do you get out of that survival mode? How do you focus on being really intentional with your health and the choices that you make? Yeah. Um, and I think there's so many different topics, uh, within this space that mm -hmm. we're, excited to get into yeah um over the next few podcasts there's so much more to this 
story of my health journey. Um, and I think you still have to shed light on more stuff with what happened after you started gaining weight and what you felt like then when you were in survival mode and what you feel like now. So I think we'll have to do a part two to continue that story and get into, um, just finishing up that, that timeline of where we left off, uh, and how we got to where we are today. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. Okay. Cool. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you in part two. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We're currently working on recording video for future episodes, so stay tuned for that. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. We will link research related to the topics mentioned in the episode description below. We'll see you guys next Tuesday.